Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. So I am back from Napa and actually tired and trying to recover from there, but the show must go on, and I am actually excited to be back and to talk to all of you. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about today is I was getting a couple of questions, which the question kind of surprised me at first, but then I thought, you know what, with all of the vague guidelines, I can kind of see where maybe the definition could get lost. And what was coming up in a lot of my feed this week was providers wanting to find a definition specifically on what, and I'm air quoting, what patient initiated means. So I know a lot of you probably think, well, that's self-explanatory. The patient's the one that called, but they like to see it in writing and where you can find that information, even when we may think it's common sense. So I did find kind of an interesting, um, uh, I guess, cited area, um, and it was actually UK. And I noticed that I have a couple of Mac carriers that uh, took the United Kingdom information on the patient initiated follow up is what they call it PIFU. And I thought this was a really good definition that can help you when you're determining whether an e visit, so the digital visits that are through the secure uh, email or the patient portals is appropriate, or if an audio only is appropriate. And so here's what it says. It says to give patients and their caregivers the flexibility to arrange their follow-up appointments and as and when they need them, so aka patient-initiated follow-up. So this, they said it's when the patient initiates an appointment when they need one, so based on their symptoms and individual circumstances. So the physician does not call them or check in on them or contact them specifically to schedule an appointment or to see how they're doing. If that's the case, then there is no audio-only visit or e-visit because that would not be appropriate because it would be physician initiation. And let's face it, prior to the pandemic, we did not do that. So this can be um, kind of applied to patients with longer short-term conditions, can be applied in a broad range of specialties, could be, you know, derm, the rheumatology, cancer, cardio, but, and, and it's really, you know, a, not a new concept. And I'll get back to the acronym, PIFU, Patient Initiated Follow-Up. And you can see it doesn't mean new patient because obviously uh, new patient visits now are not allowed for audio only because you have to have the definition of the phone call code, which does not say it's allowed for new patient. It's not allowed for the, the, um, the check-ins that they gave you and that actually were effective prior to the pandemic and you can't have them also for e-visits. So we're not talking about new patients here. We're talking about established patients where there is a care plan in place and they know what the physicians have told them in the past under that care plan that, you know, if you feel this, if this is a problem, if anything happens and this is what you do. And so it's not a new concept. And sometimes it goes by other other names. You may have heard it called open access follow-up or patient-led follow-up, even patient-triggered follow-up, patient-initiated appointments, maybe supported self-managed care and follow-up. So those are also some things that you may hear it uh, called. But this approach helps really empower patients to help manage their own conditions and helps to play really a key role in enabling shared decision-making and supported self-management 
of patient symptoms that where they have some chronic conditions and they ha- they get to really help decide if this is the time to initiate that care, whether it's, it is through the patient portal, not just to check on a lab result, but to get correspondence back and forth from the physician or th- through an audio only option where that is an option still, but you want to make sure that it, you also have documented that an audio and video was not available or that the, the um, audio only was the most appropriate. Remember, one of the things that, and I keep kind of mentioning it in any webinar I teach, post-PHE roles, any post-PHE um, telehealth, is that in the March call, stakeholder call from CMS, Jean Moody Wilkes, who is one of the directors in Medicare who helps um, present that information, she said, and I'm quoting here, discontinue use of waivers when no longer needed. And so what that means is that it's it's not needed anymore to have a new patient audio-only visit. That's why they're not allowing it. It's not needed to have a new patient virtual check-in audio-only. That's why they don't allow it. They want at least new patients to get back in. And you're inviting risk if you don't recognize that once now that the PHE is over, I should say. And so understanding what patient initiated follow up is, where it's actually the patient now that they're initiating the appointment based on their symptoms and their current individual medical circumstances. And so they're the ones that say, you know what, I need an appointment, whether it's audio only, or I need to go into my portal and determine uh, what's going on with me because maybe I have an upcoming uh, specialty appointment and I need all the information that I didn't feel that I got in person. So I need to have some correspondence with my primary care doctor or with my family practice doctor. And I think once you keep that in mind and understand that um, there are specific definitions when it comes to uh, patients that are initiating their own care, I think you'll be protected and probably feel a little bit more comfortable when submitting those codes. Now in saying that, you have to make sure that it's well documented. And if you're dealing with the e-visits, portal visits, then you have to have total time cumulative in a seven day period. And then if you're dealing with audio only, don't forget the definition. You can't have had a visit within the last seven days or related visit um, next available appointment in the next 24 hours or as soon as, you know, as soon as available. So you have to really keep those things in mind when you're scheduling these services. I can't tell you how many emails, questions, inquiries I'm getting lately about why can't we see a new patient for an audio only? Well, why do you need to? We are no longer under the threat of a public health emergency. Regardless of the percentages out there of COVID, the flu, all different things, we are no longer under a public health emergency. That was for the height of the pandemic when we were told to stay home, when we were when uh, patients with compromised immune systems were saying it were told not to go into their doctor's office, but patient needed care. Well, three years later, we can't now just not seeing a patient, especially a new patient in person, if it's appropriate, and when it's appropriate. And so um, just keep that in mind, because you could be coding and reporting um, services incorrectly. If you don't know some of the uh, definitions and understand the rules down to the letter, make sure you're not just, you know, kind of glossing over the rules. Otherwise, that can be a problem as well. Okay, so I'm just going to do just that's just a quick one today. I do have an interesting coding question that I would like to also include. And I thought this was 
I don't, I, it was, it took me a minute to figure out how to respond to it because I have my thoughts on how to respond to certain questions. And then there's, well, that doesn't work for our office. I'm like, okay. So it said, Terry, if the critical care note reflects a mid-level was involved, yet she, he or she did not document their time, but the physician documented, I spent 35 minutes in critical care time, excluding procedures. Can the service be billed under the physician or is it defaulted to be billed under the mid-level or is critical care not supported since it's unclear if the mid-level had more time or not? Okay, so talk about a mess. Um, and if you ever listen or watch the com the uh, compliance roundtable with all the five of us talking with Sean Weiss, this is going to come up uh, next week. But I thought this was such an interesting question because for me, I get certain things like this and also I get these continued shared visits in the office which are not allowed by Medicare and I don't let the doctors have them. I'm like, if you're going to continue to add language that's non-compliant and AMA and Medicare has said stop putting this in there, then it, for me it, it negates the record. So the question comes back that what do you do with this? Well, if the doctor spent 35 minutes, then obviously there is something to bill here as long as it meets the criteria for critical care. But my problem here is that since the note does reflect that there was a mid-level involved, who had more time? And in the critical care, it's based, it's a time-based code. So since that wasn't there and I don't know, can I bill for it with that FS modifier? Because remember, the FS split shared modifier still has to go on it. And just because the doctor was the one that, you know, put in the 35 minutes, we don't know how much the mid-level did. And the only good thing here is if it hasn't been billed yet, then there can be a late entry, a correction, or an addendum. If it's already billed, you can't add something post-billed. But go back to that, I would do a query. I'd go back to that mid-level provider and say, how much time did you spend? And I would not query it in the, well, the doctor said 35. So how much of that did you spend? Or did you spend more than that? Do not ask that question. Because as soon as you do that, now you've got a tug of war who gets to have the, the visit and who gets to have the critical care. Just ask the question you're querying and hopefully they'll, they'll be honest with their answer. But I would query before I would bill that because it is going to need an FS modifier. It's non-compliant when you know that it was uh, a split shared visit. And let's just say you submitted it as just a physician bill without the modifier because, or even with, but there is no mid-level information in there. You could get into some trouble if it's ever audited and hospitals are audited all the time. And so when they audit what the physician does as well. So you have to be very accurate now in your coding, your reporting and your documentation. And it's not like you didn't have to before, but, you know, I'm noticing that CMS and Medicare, they're looking to take money back because there's such an overspending right now of government funds. And so they're just like, where can we find bad faith? Where can we find money that we can just say, no, you were non-compliant and this is low hanging fruit. So please don't invite this risk and make sure that if this does come up for you, that you are um, clear with your mid-level providers and your physicians that if you're going to build time-based codes, both of you have to have the time in there, especially if you're going to share the visit in the hospital since it's not allowed uh, in the office setting. Okay, so that is my wrap-up for today. I hope everyone um, had a good weekend last weekend and good you'll have a good rest of your week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing and compliance, including how to hire Terry. Follow Terry on Twitter 
at terrycoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>